Gewalt. So today's daf is daf nun vav, page 56 in the Hilege Meseches Gitten. And the Gemara, we're going to pick up in the bottom of nun hey, Omar Beis, 55b. We're going to start from Omar, Rebbe Yechenon, which is eight lines from the bottom of the Omar. Okay, eight lines from the bottom of nun hey, Omar Beis. You'll see Omar, Rebbe Yechenon. Give another few seconds. Okay, let us get going. This Gemara is obviously not a coincidence that during our seven and a half year cycle of Dafyaimi, it's got to come out during the three weeks right before Tishubov. It's the story of what has uh, some. Part of the incidents that uh, that led to the Chorban, to the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash, we're gonna move along as uh, as much as we can over here. All right, let let's go. Let's go. Amar Bechanan says, "Ma'idach Ziv." What's Pshat in the pasuk which says, "Ashi Adam Mepachitamid." It's praiseworthy as a, as a person who's mefachitam, who's always nervous. And he's makshaliba, he makes his heart hard. Will, will he come to anything that's raw, anything that's bad? Which means that if a person wants to make sure, if a person wants to make sure that they don't do averis and they don't sin, they need to think of the outcome. This story, this verse is said about the following story, the following incident. And this is, there's a lot of questions and a lot to understand, a lot to unpack of this Gemara. We'll try to do as much as we can in the limited, in the limited time that we have. The story of Kamsa and Bar Kamsa, Yerushalayim was destroyed. Because of a uh, chicken and a rooster, um, the Chor of Tor Malka, Tor Malka was destroyed. Ashka, the Rispak Chor of Betar, and because of a wagon, because of the side of a wagon, Betar was destroyed. And says the Gemara, and this is going to take us to throughout Omadalev. Here we go. Because of the story between Kamsa and Bar Kamsa, Yushalayim was destroyed. Now, this is incredible. Listen to this. Again, notice. Your signs are short because of what? Kamsa and Bar Kamsa. Remember these two names because this is going to be mind blowing. The Hugaber, there was a person. We don't know his name. The Rachme Kamsa. He had a friend whose name was Kamsa. Ubal Debave Bar Kamsa. And he hated somebody by the name of Bar Kamsa. He loved Kamsa. He hated Bar Kamsa. Ovatsudasa. He was making a Suda. He made a party. Let's call it a wedding. Omar the Shames, he told his helper, apparently he was a very well-connected, uh, uh, networked guy. Zil Aisili Kamsa, please invite my best friend Kamsa to the wedding. Zil Aisili Bar Kamsa, by mistake, his assistant invited Bar Kamsa. Let me ask you a question. Where's Kamsa? Kamsa didn't even show up. It's very interesting. Again, the Gemara said because of the story of Kamsa and Bar Kamsa, See, Kamsa never even was involved in the story. That's why I find it fascinating that, like, we're putting a stick of blame on him. I was once uh, talking to us, another Rebbe in camp, 
about this. He said maybe Kamsa's held accountable that uh, even though he wasn't invited to the party, maybe he still should have showed up and things could have, uh, you know, things could have been settled because of that. But let's listen to that. Let's learn together the rest of the story. So now the party starts and he finds his enemy, Bar Kamsa, who's there. Omarle says to Bar Kamsa, What are you doing? I hate your guts. What are you doing here? Come, get up. Pike, get out. Omarle, Kamsa says to him, Once I'm here, please let me stay. Don't embarrass me and kick me out of the party. And I'll pay for the cost of my meal. Let's pause in the story for a moment. If you were here, who would you say, what should be done? You invited somebody, somebody was invited that you don't like. And now he's at the party. He's asking to stay. Let's assume, and we should assume this, Bar Kamsas took this as an olive branch. Maybe the the owner, the head of the party wants to make up with me, right? So he shows up to the party. He's getting kicked out. He says, please, I'll pay for my meal. Omar Lehi says to him, Top of today's daf no. Omar I'll pay for the value, half the value of your entire party. Omar Lehi nope. Omar I will pay the entire value of the, of the wedding. I'll pay for everything. Omar Lehi he said, no. Let's pause in the story again. Who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? Who's the victim? Who's the bully? I would say the guy making the party is a no-good Nick. I don't even know his name. Bar Nebuch. He's invited to a party. Now you're going to go ahead and kick him out? Poor guy. Okay? Omar Leiloi, he said, no. He grabbed him but he grabbed him with his hands and he threw him out of the party. Omar Bar said, now here's where things start to change. I'm a victim. But now that the Rabbanon who were at the party did nothing. They're also accomplices in this embarrassment. I'm going to go and spread Lashon Hara. You hear this? Ever listen to this. This line right here is where everything shifts in the story. Until here, Bar Kamsa is a victim. There's nothing wrong with being a victim. It was the guy who made the party, who's a bully, who's an ogudnik. It's the Rabbanon who sat there and wrongfully did not stop Bar Kamsa from being thrown out. They're the ones who are wrong. Bar Kamsa did anything wrong? No. Garnished. But it's this decision that he made that completely turned the tables. And Bar Kamsa said, I'm going to go because of this and give it back to them, what they did to me, a hundred times worse. Nobody messes with me. And with that decision, Bar Kamsa became the biggest villain. It's his fault. We put blame on him that the Khorban bias happened. Let's keep going. This is incredible. Again, he started out as being the victim of a, of a circumstance and he turned the tables. He made a decision. I could be hurt in my life. Everybody else is wrong. Dead wrong. It's how I react. That's crucial. 
to whether there's going to be a base amikdash or no base amikdash. Listen to what happened. He said, "I'm going to go snitch." Azal and he went and Amar uh, Caesar. He said to Caesar, the Jews rebelling against you." Amar He says, "Me Amar." Who says? Amar Korbana. Try to send the carbon. Bring the send the sacrifice. They're not going to offer it for you because they don't like you. They're done with you. Also, shot to be other Eglatilsas. He sent of uh, Eglatilsa, third calf. Different explanations of what this means. Bottom line is, top, 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 best animal out there. Perfect. But how did the God say as it was going to Yerushalayim? Shot to be Either he made a cut above the eye or by the lip, which took Yisrael to us. The way that a person views with their eye or the way things that we talk are crucial. So if there's a cut on a carbon by the lip or an eye, it's a mum. By the nations of the world, that's not a mum. Duchtol, they don't have a mum. For Yisrael, these types of things are a blemish. <coughs> but for the Goyim, it's not a blemish. So, Savur Rabbanu Lekroibe, the Rabbanu wanted to be makriv it anyway, which was the halacha, if you have Sakonis Tafashas, you be makriv this animal. Bishum Shalom Malchus, to keep Shalom with the government. Amar Luhu Rav Tzachai Ben Akvos, Rav Tzachai Ben Akvos says, Yem Rubali Mom Mekriv Lengam Mizbeach. We can't do this. If we offer it on the Zayach, people are going to say, oh, it's kosher carbon. Savur the Mekles, they said, you know, let's kill Bar Kamsa, delay Leza Valema, so that he won't tell Caesar that we didn't offer it. His guy's Chayav Misi, he's snitching on Klaw Yisrael. Again, now get ready for this. Was too nice. And he said, You can't do that either to Bar Kamsa. People are going to say, Oh, a guy who brings an animal with a blemish is Chayav Misa. says, You should know. Because was so patient. And he allowed. Barkamza to get away with this, he's playing a role in Yerushalayim and the Beis Hamikdash being destroyed. The surface the heichal was burnt. The iglanu There's a yes, it's a beautiful midah to be patient and to allow things to happen. But if you go too far, if you allow things that are just dead wrong to continue, you allow Barkamza to go back and tell Caesar that is that is called using a midah which 95% of the time is beautiful, and you're using it to, you can mamish destroy the base amikdash with a midah of patience, with a midah of humility. You could take every midah, everything has a trade-off. There's a time and place to use it. Kikasi, so now what happened was, word got back to Kesar. And when he was coming to destroy Yerushalayim, shot the gear of the Mizrach, he shot an arrow towards the Mizrach, towards the east, and it fell uh, in Yerushalayim, the Mara of Yerushalayim, he shot to the west, it went towards Yerushalayim, every time he shot an arrow, it went back and faced and, and ended up going in the direction of Yerushalayim. He said to somebody next to him, a Jewish kid, psychically, uh, Sukeh, tell me what you're learning. The kid tells him, I'm going to punish Klal Yisrael. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to punish Adam for what they do for Klal Yisrael. So Caesar said, Because Baruch wants to destroy his base and Mikdash. He said, Listen. You know, I know uh, the Rabbi Shalom wants your slime to be destroyed, but it ain't going to be through me. Not going to be through me. Not happening, because ultimately, Edom, me, 
is going to be punished because of that, and I'm not playing, and he ended up converting to Yiddishkeit, converting to Judaism because of this, and Rev Meir came out of him. Shadra Ilovi Las Beninas Caesar. So Caesar sent Vespasian because uh, um, because Neron Caesar refused to destroy the base Amikdash. So he sent Vespasian. Also Tsari Ilovi Kloshnin and and Vespasian uh, laid siege around Yushalayim for three years. Keep in mind that number. Three years there was a siege around Yushalayim. Havu Bahanu Klosasiri. And there were three rich people in Yerushalayim. Nakdim and Ben-Gurion. One was Nakdim Ben-Gurion. Ben Kalbasabua. Ben Tzitzis HaKnesses. Nakdim Ben-Gurion. What was he? What, where did that name come from? Shnaka Echam Babura. The sun, the, the sun uh, made its way through the clouds and his merit. There's Gemara and Tainus that discusses. There was a tremendous drought. And the Yidden needed water. And, um, and Nakdim Ben-Gurion made a deal with a nobleman. That, uh, uh, to, to fill up the wells. So people could be Ayla Regal, and if, if it doesn't rain, so on and so forth, I'll pay you back, uh, you know, a tremendous amount of money. And ultimately, on the last, uh, on the last day, the it was very cloudy, and the, the, it rained. It filled the wells, and the the uh, Roman nobleman said, "It's already dark, so you still owe me the money, even though the rain came." And the sun, the sun shone through the clouds. On behalf of Nakdim Memorial, basically showing that it wasn't it wasn't nighttime yet. So that's where that's where uh, that name comes from. Ben Kalbasivuo. Ben Kalbasivuo was very wealthy. What, what was that name? Shakola Nichnas Tabesai, Kishu Roiv, Kikali, you can go to his house hungry like a dog. Yaitzi Kishu Savaya, you mamish went out so, like stuffed. Ben Tzitzaknes is what Ben Tzitzaknes is. Shayu Tzitzis Negreras Agapik Sois. His Tzitzis would hang down. On top of all the cushions, which means he had a lot of luxuries, and he lived a very uh, in, in uh, fancy schmancy uh, clothes and and uh, and couches. Ikadamri, some say Shahisa Kinsay Mutelas Ben Gedali Raimi that he used his Kinsay his his uh, his uh, seat sat amongst the leaders of of Rome, and that was uh, and therefore he uh, and therefore he had that name. Okay, now. What happened over here? So let's let's pause in this. Let, let's pause for a moment. What happened over here? So first thing that happened. One moment, please. Okay, so let's get going. So we have three very important men of Yerushalayim. One's name is Nakdim Mangorian. One is Ben Kalbasavua, and one is Ben Tzitzis One of these men said to the Chachamim. Don't worry about it. I will take care of the Yidna of Yerushalayim with Chitin and Sairin. I'll give them all the wheat and barley that they need. Another one said, I'll give wine, salt, and oil. I'll give them wood. And the Rabbanim praised to the one who gave wood. Why? More than the other promises. Rav Chista allowed his helpers to get involved in everything except for taking care of the wood. To, to, um, for the, the wheat to keep it safe, you need 60 akalbe de um 
you need a lot more wood than flour in order to make bread. That's basically what it means. Okay, so you uh, you need like a lot of wood. Sixty storehouses of wool uh, of wood is going to make one storehouse of of uh, bread. All right, but this was the promise that the three rich men gave to the Chacham. Now remember. We're dealing with Vespasian. How long did he lay siege around Yerushalayim? Three years. Three years. And each one's pledging they're going to take care of this. So listen to what happens. It's incredible. There was enough for 21 years. So for Vespasian to conquer Yerushalayim by laying siege... He would have had to wait a very long time. But now here was the problem. And before I mention the next part of the story, before we learn the next part of the story together, let's remember so far what we have, what's causing the Chorban. Who's causing the Chorban? The destruction of the Beis HaMikdash? Klal Yisrael. You have the guy who made the party, the Rabban who didn't say anything, our Kamsu is getting back at everybody. There, th- this is where the problems are happening. And now, there's enough to take care of you in Yerushalayim for 21 years. But there were Baryainim. Rashi says, what are Baryainim? Boars who are looking to fight. So Rashi calls a Baryaini. A boar looking to fight. Empty people... Look the fight. Amulu Rabban, the Rabban said, Let's use diplomacy with the Spasian. Lai Shafkinu, these big thugs, Jewish thugs, said, Nope, we're going to fight. We're going to fight against the Romans. Amulu Rabban, lay beside the Milsa. It's a bad idea, it's not going to work. The Yidin themselves, these Baryainim, you know what they did? They burnt down all the storehouses that had the food, the wood, the oil, so that the Yidin, the Jews, would not have enough and we'd be forced to fight. It's incredible. Chevre. So far, what do we see from the Gemara? Who brought about the destruction of Yerushalayim, the Jews. Scary thing. It's machlaikas. People go, getting at each other. A story of a party with the the leaders of Kal Yisrael there. And then a bunch of big goons that are out to argue on the Chachamim and push their weight around. This is what's leading to the Chorban, to the destruction. Marta Bar's Vaisa says here to Yushlaim Habba, there was a woman by the name of Marta, the son of Vaisa. She was a noble woman of Yushlaim Shah to the Shlucha of Amullah. She sent out her agent saying, her messenger, her agent, Zil Aisil Smida, bring me some of the best flour. I've got a lot of money, go buy it for me. He went back and there was no more. He came back. There's, there's regular flour. Get me regular flour. I'm hungry. 
He went back to normal regular flour. Also, Amalei, she came back. He said, "Chabarta like a gushna ikra." There's bran. Amalei, she said, "Okay, so get me bran. I'm hungry." Zolaisili, Adazol is daven. He went back. There's no more bran. Also, Amalei, gushta like a kimcha desari ikra. There's no more wheat available. Only barley flour available. Amalei, fine. I'm hungry. Zolaisili, go get it. Adazol is daven. By the time he got back, it was already sold. Have a shlifa besan of Amra, so she's starving because she has this messenger who's used to only doing things. When it's perfect, so in the meantime, his his uh, master, Marta Basbaisus, ends up with no food. So, I'm going to go out and see if I can find anything to eat. If you're not going to bring me food, I'll go look by myself. As she was walking, she was such a mephonic, she was so sensitive, that she stepped in manure and she got so sick nauseous to the point of death the the softness in her this woman who never even had to step outside uh, and, and put her feet directly on the ground she tried eating some of the dried figs that Reb Tzaddik would suck out. We'll learn about Reb Tzaddik in a moment. But Nisa Umesa, she became, she was so sensitive that she died. Now, who who, who was Reb Tzaddik? And she was trying to eat from his figs. What is this? Reb Tzaddik, Yosef Arboshim Tanisa. Reb Tzaddik fasted 40 years in order to bring merit so that Yishlaim should not be destroyed. When he, he would eat something, this is how emaciated he was. You could see from the outside of his body the food going down, and when he would eat, the only thing he was able to get down is they'd give him a dried fig, and he would suck out the juice from the dried fig, and then throw out what the hard part that was left, and it was this hard part that Marta Basbaisus, she was so hungry, she had to, she, she tried uh, eating the leftovers from Rev Tzodok, as she was dying, I fixed the whole Afikta, uh, she took out all of her money, all of her gold and her silver. She was loaded. She had so much money, but guess what? Money got her nothing. There was no food Pasha to buy. Money itself has zero value. It's only there for what money can do. You can have $10 million out in the desert. If you don't have water or food, you can't live. She took all the gold and silver, threw it out into the streets. Shadise Bishuka threw it into the shok Umrah. She said, Hi uh my boy, what do I what 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 do I have all this what do I have all this for? They're throwing all their kesef, all their silver out into the streets. The wealth is doing nothing for them. There's partially nothing. <laughs> the the main things that we need really are the most valuable. When we have food, Pashit food, when we have our health. Beyond value, Abba Circa Reish Beruni Yerushalayim. Abba Circa was the head of the Beruni Yerushalayim. Baruch Hatzid Rabbi Yechonim Benzakai, who he was the nephew of Rabbi Yechonim Benzakai. This is interesting. Rabbi Yechonim Benzakai is the head of the Chachamim, and the head Baruni, the the thug, the 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 biggest, the leader of the goons, was his nephew. Sholach So Rabbi Yechonim sent to him, Tabet Come, let's figure out how to do this. Because again, the Rabbanim. Felt we should be using diplomacy. 
the Baryanim said we need a fight to the point where they mamish destroyed all the, st- uh, the all the stock. So Yechanan realized this is mamish like a civil war here. So me as leader of the Chachamim and my nephew as leader of the Baryanim, we're going to have to figure this out. So they had a secret undercover meeting. Also, says nephew came. How long are we going to do this? And everybody's going to be starving. He said, my dear uncle, what do you want me to do? If I tell if, if I tell the other guys to listen to you, they're going to kill me. He said, Well, at least like this. If you can't do anything, at least find a way for me to get out of here so I could go talk to Vespasian. Because remember, the Baryanim did not allow anybody to leave Yerushalayim. Everybody, the Yidin were locked inside. So he tells his nephew, get me out of here. So here's what they did. He said to him, Pretend like you're sick for a while. And everybody's going to come and see how you're doing. We'll take something that smells bad, put it near you. People are going to say you're starting to die. You're on your way out the door. And then take a few of your Talmidim, your students. Don't let anybody else near you. Yeah, because it has to be people who are mamish in on this story. Otherwise, word's going to get out there. And if anybody else carries you, see, the idea was that Rebbechim Mazaka is going to fake death. So we're going to carry him out as if he's on a coffin, right? As if he's on a stretcher, waiting to be buried. Now remember, nobody's allowed to be buried inside Yerushalayim. Adayim is until today. There's no burials inside Yerushalayim. So that the Baryanim allowed people outside Yerushalayim, uh, people who passed away in Yerushalayim to be buried outside Yerushalayim, that much they allowed. But we know that uh, <clears throat> there's a difference between live weight and dead weight. So make sure only your students carry you so that nobody else thinks, oh, you know, this, this is a little light over here. You know, it's, it, Make sure you do this with Seichel. So that's the story that they did. They tried getting into Rebbe Chemezakeh laying on a stretcher. Pretending like he was dead outside Yerushalayim, Amar Lehu Yamurab on the dark room. So when they when they came to the uh, exit, so the Baryanim wanted to stab the body of Rabbi Yechonon. Okay, so Abar Sikra said, "Let's not stab him. It looks bad on us. People are gonna say you stabbed the body." They wanted to stab him to make sure he was really dead. Boy the they said, "All right, let's push it around, see if uh, his." You know, his legs move when we tickle him. Omar Lahu, Yemru Rabbi the they're going to say that, they, you know, pushing around their rabbis. Possibly above of an Ofak. So they let him out. Kimat Lahasam, he reached the space. How are you, my dear king? Shalom Aleichem. Omar Lahu, I'm obligating you, Kitala, in death. I'm obligating two deaths on you. Chada, the first death. To love Malka and Abigail recently, Malka. It's a chutzpah to call me a king when I'm not a king. I'm a general. Visu and furthermore, Imalka. No, if I am a king, got it. Not my leosis legaboi. Why haven't you come to me for the past three years? Omar leir bechud. Like I said to him, the kamer love Malka. No, this that you say I'm not a king. You should know, Ibra Malka. You are going to be a king. The love Malka. Because if you weren't going to be a king, let Mr. Yerushalayim be yodach. Yerushalayim is not going to fall to somebody. Who's a slouch? 
if Yerushalayim is going to fall, it's going to be to royalty. And therefore, if you're going to have this chos to conquer Yerushalayim, it's got to be that you have king in you. As it says, and the Levanain, Ba'adir Yipo is going to fall to the Adir, those who are strong. He says, first of all, I addressed you as king. I'm not high of Misa because you are going to be king. And secondly, you want to know why I haven't come till now? He says, my dear Vespasian, I need to be honest with you. We're having internal struggles in Klai Yisrael. We as Rabbanim want to work with you. But there's Baryanim inside the walls that don't let us out. He says, that's not an excuse. I'll tell you why. If you have a jug of honey and a snake wrapped around the limb. Wouldn't you break the snake? Wouldn't you break the barrel, get rid of the snake? You should have broken the walls and get rid of the Baryanim. Ishtik, Rabbi Yechavah was quiet, to which the Gemara says, had to be Siyat HaDashmaya, because there's a smart answer he could have given. That there's times where out of whatever reason, Rabbi could take the wisest person and stun them into looking like a, a skill. Like the like, uh, you know, uh, not have a response. The word's foolish. I I, I don't. I, I wouldn't personally dare to use this expression. Rabbi Yechon and Mazaka looking like that, but that's that's the translation of the pasuk. And really, the proper answer that Rabbi Yechon Mazakai would have said and could have said, if his mind wouldn't have been shut at the time, is, "What do you mean when there's honey inside?" And a snake wrapped around, you break the whole barrel, get rid of the snake. What do you mean? Just get rid of the snake from the barrel and leave the barrel. In other words, he should have told Vespasian, just get rid of these thugs, right? Or go home, get you, you just leave, yeah? Uh, yeah, take a pair of tongues and, and get rid of the snake. You can leave the, the, the barrel with the honey, right? Let the Baryanim leave. That's what he could have responded, but he didn't. He kind of agreed with the statement of, oh, you guys did something wrong. Adachi, in the meantime, also Prisketa Alei There was a, a guy who came delivering a message from Rome. You've now been appointed Caesar. Caesar has died. And the parliament of Rome has appointed you to be the new Caesar. Habasayim Lamasani. Um, Vespasian was wearing one shoe and he couldn't get the other shoe on and then he couldn't take the shoe off so now he looked silly one shoe was on the other shoe he wanted to put on the second shoe the second shoe wouldn't go on the first shoe wouldn't come off so he stuck with one shoe Omar, so he said my high what should I do I said let me explain the reason why this happened to you is if it's a physical condition when you hear good news your body enlarges. Good news makes the bones fat. So what do you do? Have somebody you don't like walk in front of you and that'll 
tighten up your body. You know so much. Why haven't you come to me? I already told you why. What do you mean why haven't you come to me? I told you. We have Baryanim. And I answered you, uh, yeah. And and I, I also gave you an answer, which means that's not an excuse. You should have you should have uh, uh, broken the barrel. You should have gotten out. Um, I'm now going to go. And somebody else is going to take my place in the siege. So he says, I'm leaving. You could ask something for me and I'll give it to you. If you're going to give me something, what you could, what I'm going to ask for is spare the tzaddikim of Yavna, he's sparing Tyre, and the family of Rav Gamliel. They were the Nasiim, part of Malchus based David, and also a doctor for Reb Tzaddik who had been fasting. It's basically, I said, I'll give you whatever you want. Just ask him what you want. He says he wants these three things. This was another mistake Rabbi Yechibazaka made. What a foolish thing to say. Again, Yisakel the Pasha. Not a foolish thing to say, but the thinking was not a straight thinking. He could have said, You want to give me one thing? End the siege. Why is he asking for these few things? Behusavar says, Gemara. Rabbi Yechidah Mezakai said the, the reason why I c- couldn't ask for something so big He felt if he would have asked for something so big He would have got nothing You ask for too much, you end up with nothing And this was like a back and forth And you hear, it's interesting It seems they're both right Yeah, it seems they're both right Rabbi Yosef and Rabbi Akiva They said that he could, he should have asked for more you have opportunity, don't give up on opportunity. Reich Mazakai was more conservative in what he was asking for. Yeah, he was he wanted to be more conservative. He said, I'm not, I'm not gonna ask. I'm not gonna ask for too much. Maybe I'll, I'll at least I'll end up with this. What did the doctors do for Pari? They gave him uh, water that had uh, that had been soaked with uh, fruit. The next day. It had it had a uh, uh, bran and flour la mokhar maya de kimcha flour mixed into the water ad the rabach maya porta porta until slowly but surely his body started to heal all right we'll hold it here for today we're not done today's daf but uh we'll uh we'll hold it here for now and bezrem tomorrow we will uh we'll pick up from azal shadre le titos have a wonderful, wonderful evening.